Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Remember when I woke up from surgery and I was like, what about the podcast? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Girl, girl. Welcome to Private Affairs, the after show. My name is Christine TJ Kicks. I am the creator and writer of the show. Coming up in today's episode, we are talking about some of the big topics that came up in season one. And there is also going to be a thank yous and shout outs segment. And to cap off, we have a blooper reel, which is so funny. You definitely want to listen through to the end. And as always, remember, this show is intended for mature audiences. All right, so let's get into it. To help me delve into the topics today, I'm joined by two beautiful, amazing, smart women, Amanda and Rumbi of It's Layered Podcast. Welcome to Private Affairs, ladies. Yeah. Thank Hello. you. <laughs> yes. Rumbi always coming through with the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to need a sound designer for this, this nah, episode. Not at all. Not with Rumbi. Not with Rumbi. <laughs> Hi, Kicks. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, guys. How are you, how are you doing? We're good. We're good. We're really excited to be here. And yeah, let's do this. So uh, before we get into the topics, uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourselves and uh, what your podcast is about? Sure. So um, we are two friends. We've been friends since high school. Uh, So we've been friends for 20 years now. And Amanda's in Australia. I'm currently in the Czech Republic. And on its layered, we delve deeper into any and every topic from family, friends, life, career, culture is a big part of it. We're both Zimbabwean girls. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we love, you know, private affairs, because it also touches a lot on that. Um, So we just, you know, go into the many layers of all these different topics that we are affected by, especially as young black Africans in the diaspora and the things that we encounter. Yeah. All right. So actually, let us delve straight into what went down in season one. Um, So we started off right in the action. V and Luke meet up at a bar and they hook up that same night. People had a lot of opinions on how V was expressing herself sexually uh, this season, even within the show, we met Tafazwa in Otaf in episode two, and he had some choice words for V about sleeping with Luke on the first night, which he basically said made her a hoe. And that is why Luke was not calling her back because she did not deserve the respect. What were your thoughts on that whole conversation? I had a lot of thoughts, like a lot. Like I knew, I knew going in, people were going to be in two separate camps. It was either people are going to be like, V, don't give it up too quickly. Or they're going to be like, girl, go and get yours. She had just talked about not having sex in the longest time. Like, 
hello, we have needs. Like, I don't get people who say, oh, no, no, no. But then it's like, well, what do you expect? It's either going to be her and a vibrator or it's going to be her and a real thing. Like, it's it's just so obvious. Yes. But I, I, so I'm all for female sexuality. So for me, I was like, go and get yours. But I do, I do know a lot of people have such a strong opinion about one night stands. Well, at that time, we didn't really know where it was going to go with Luke. Yeah, exactly. There was actually a comment from a listener. Uh, they said the gospel of the streets, according to Taff, <laughs> they were very much in support of Taff's logic, if you want to call it that. On the opposing end, a listener uh, sent in a comment saying, come on with the double standards, man. If a woman wants to sleep with a man on the first night, girl, you do you. It does not devalue you. It does not make you a hoe. It does not make you easy. Well, Rumi, what were your thoughts on that? Was Taff speaking facts, though? He's speaking, he's speaking facts of how uh, some people definitely think, which is that you devalue yourself if you do sleep with someone on the first night or choose to be with someone. But I would ask this question to the reverse. If a guy, do guys ever think of that? I'm devaluing myself when I, you know, decide to have a one night stand with a girl. So if you're not thinking that about yourself, why should you think that about a woman? It's just fact. Like, I just don't get it. Let her live. Let her be free. She was having a good time after a long time. Like, honestly, I understand where it comes from. I do get it. But I think... Where does it come from? Part, it's, like, what, what do you mean you understand where it comes from? I understand the cultural, you know, mindset that, you know, in indoctrinates this idea that as a woman you have to hold yourself hostage when it comes to your sexuality and the religious often times the religious implications that are put on us as women because then if you are too free you won't be desirable as someone to wife you know we 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 hear that and i understand where it comes from because it's something which is so heavily ingrained in our culture um to think that way but at the same time i definitely think it's only been ingrained that way because there's a level of control in the society we grew up in at least in the zim society i'm talking specifically um, which is that you are owned by a man and your value is to a man and you need to say this for a man. So I understand where all of it comes from. I just don't think it's fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I actually got in a comment from a guy. This one said, uh, the problem is how we were raised. It's hard to undo that level of indoctrination. Also, I think as guys, we think of women as conquest or property. That is what society makes it out to be. Now, when you look at it from that perspective, no one wants to have something that everyone else has had. Yo! But someone wants to have you. Someone wants to have you. You've been had by everybody else. I mean, really. It's too much. It's too much. It's just another way to control women. Another thing that came up was this idea of the Madonna whore complex, which Rumbi, you touched on briefly, is sometimes some men categorize women into two camps hoes that are just for fun and then the wifey material and i actually got a really dope voice note from xavier snipes at save the fave on instagram and he was breaking down um his definition of madonna whore complex and what he's observed among black men in his community so let's take a quick listen to what he had to say a lot of black men want a woman who will look after them they don't say it so the partner they get the wifey in their mind is like their mother so we want someone who's like our mother, usually firm, strict with boundaries, carry stuff. Everything she says more or less is the right thing to do, you know. But because of that authoritarian rule, we also lash out. So we can't see this woman sexually, you know. And, you know, so it's like 
It's like having sex with your mom or your caregiver. So that's where you go find the mistress. Because the mistress, you never take her seriously. She's never going to hold any weight in your household. But you're happy to do this bedroom freaky stuff, tell her that deep pillow talk. Because in your mind, not because you trust her, but because you value her far less, which is so sad. And then vice versa. So, you know, the, that's why that whole, you can't make a whole housewife thing. I hate that terminology. But it comes from that thing that we can't make a sexual goddess, someone who we really attracts sexually be the same as someone who's a wifey queen and respected in community. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So I'm not sure if you thought about, okay, so what is the solution to this? What do you think needs to happen or change? Shinima layers, this one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so layered. I think, you know, on one end, you know, the way we are educated about sexuality or not, <laughs> you know, needs to change because where are we educated about sexuality Mm. it's by the streets it's by what we see on tv it's by how we grow up it's by our society um it's by you know songs that we hear on the radio so it's there's a lot of like there are gaps and we're not really understanding what does it mean to be proud of my sexuality what does it mean to be comfortable in it and express it the way I see fit while also being cautious, you know, in terms of health, you know, and things like that. It's not about, and this is the thing I think people don't realize, like it doesn't mean when you are free with your sexuality that you are careless or irresponsible. There's a difference, right? Um, It's also to say like, how do you, you know, express yourself freely, but still responsibly. And I think I wish we had more of that where instead of just like, nope, don't do this or you will be a right off. And we saw that, I think, Taff talking about Nomsa at some point in the show and how he was like, you know, he can't take us seriously. You know, that kind of mindset. And it's it's having the conversations, too, with our friends are, and saying, why is it you feel that way? Yeah, that's how I feel. And I think it's tough, too, because you could be to someone else that girl to wife and then someone else you could be that hoe, depending on when we meet, what age, where we at. If we think of ourselves in uni, Compared to maybe after uni, it could be completely different people. And I feel like what sucks about society is women are painted forever. Whatever label sticks to you, it sticks. Yeah. Mm. It's the men with the complex. <laughs> yeah, <not us>. exactly. <laughs> so but the, the unfortunate thing, though, is that the way the system is set up, it benefits them. So they don't have as much of an incentive to, no. to evolve. Um, let's just put it that way. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So... Um, so where are we up to now? So uh, Luke, you know, he ghosted her. He comes back and, and then he starts working overtime basically to get her back on her side. He takes her to Malaysia on a vacation. And then we learn that he's a trust fund baby and then shit gets real at the airport. So race and privilege were two themes that were oof, really resonated with people listening to this. You both have had experience dating people from different ethnic and racial backgrounds did any of these experiences mirror yours or were you able to relate to, to hers? 1,000%. Like, especially with the travel, that exact scenario where you're traveling as a family and maybe they're all Australian or all whatever, it's another nationality that's not yours and also another race that's not your own. And then you're the person who's being stopped and the rest of them are going to look back. Oh, you didn't go through the gate. Oh, what's going on? They're rushing back. And the embarrassment of it all. I felt these tears. It's like you're carrying the weight of your country or your nationality or your race or whatever it is on your shoulders 24-7. And it's it's heavy. 
it's so heavy. It doesn't matter how much money you got in the bank, how well you are in your life, whatever. It's, it doesn't matter. It can be taken away in a moment. And it's heartbreaking. Absolutely. And I have to agree. Like, I felt it in all the ways, like from, you know, the conversation about, you know, V getting to Australia and the, the paperwork as a Zimbabwean passport holder and all you have to do. And it's just like, what? You know, it's, it's like eye-opening um, or even like dealing with microaggressions and the question of, are you sure you're not reading too too much into scenarios? And I'm like, oh, that's the whole thing. It's like, it's you live with it every day, especially if you're in an environment and society where black is not the majority. You will live with it every day. And it's like, you know, this idea of, you know, can't we just like not talk about it for a little while? It's like, I can't not, not talk about it. It's it's my life. I don't choose not to be black for like a few minutes a day. You know, it, it is who I am. So I definitely, definitely related to that and just how you're treated, you know, the difference in service. If I go up alone and how I'm treated and then if my partner comes and it's like, oh, okay, now you can serve me a little bit better because you see someone who's fair in complexion or whatever or who looks like you. And what's what's worse with that is that race even precedes wealth or privilege mm-hmm. because I could be sitting at that table with my husband or with my friend or whatever and I have more money than him in my bank, got a black card, got the Lambo, got everything, but my race will speak first. Mm. So yeah. it's like it doesn't matter. And even sometimes if you have money and you're black, they're like, oh, it must be Ill- illegally gained. Yeah, you can't escape the, the 50 the questions. Blackness. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's so wild. So uh, here's what some people were saying. That airport scene is story of people's lives. It's immigration systems of countries, whole systems that discriminate. Uh, the airport scene, this was another person. The airport scene was a wake up call for people of privilege. Another comment was the plight of the green bomber. The green bomber is what people <laughs> yep. <laughs> refer to yep. the Zimbabwean passport as. And um, how privilege impacts on the way people view the world. So it's so true that having a a powerful passport is actually a flex in this world, hey? Um, Passport privilege. Yeah, passport Mm -hmm. privilege is is a real thing. That was one of Luke's comments, right? Because he was like, how do you know it was because of your race that you stopped? Was it your nationality? It can be both easily. It can be both easily without a doubt. Like literally people look at your Zim passport like it's thanks. Like you brought in some, I don't know, doo-doo from wherever. And it's it's literally both. And I've seen it even traveling within Africa among other black people with a Zim passport. It's, it's a problem. Out of Africa, it's a problem. And there's so many gatekeepers, like so many gatekeepers to make you know that you're like, you don't belong here. So I, it's, a, it's a double-edged sword. It's the fact that you're black and then the fact that you're Zimbabwean. It's just like, you couldn't have all this. How did you get all this? It must be illegal. It must be like, and it's just like, bruh, like, I just want to, you know, I just want to get on the plane. That's all I want to do. And I I think the fact that she was stopped from boarding first class, you know, it kind of shows that there there is more to it than just her nationality, Mm. you know. But, you know, this is a common thing that I hear a lot, right? So people reacted to that conversation that, Uh, V and Luke subsequently had about race and um, one of the comments was when Luke said maybe it wasn't about your race I was like Lord help me it's a common thing I hear from white people I have to be honest this uh, insistence on the denial of racism 
I don't really understand. Even like with the Harry and Meghan situation with the the comment about baby Archie's skin color, like white media were like, well, we don't know. Maybe the person was just being curious. Just taken out of context. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, please. It's 100% about that. Yeah. So so how do you... They don't want to... Sorry, sorry. I just get really it's because people don't they don't want to acknowledge their privilege. They don't want to acknowledge that the world is tilted. Uh, is what I don't know what the word is, but you know it, it works in their favor because they are white. So it's like no, it surely can't be. They're just looking X Y Z, and it's like no, literally that's how the world works. You know what I mean? So it's a guilt thing. It's not wanting to face the truth. It's kind of like it doesn't make sense because race racism doesn't make sense to them because maybe they're not really on the receiving end of it but yeah and also it's to, their, it's to their favor so similar to yes. what we're talking about with men not wanting to change the status quo because it's to their favor it's the same with race so if they start admitting oh yeah we have privilege the next step is us gonna be taking it away and nobody wants that so they're just gonna nope. act like it's not a problem it's not a problem because as soon as they acknowledge it as such we have to do something about it so people will be like nah you're making it up you're making it up because at the core of it if they actually admit what's going on, they know they have to do something and they don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, my theory is that people now really fear being called a racist. So if you agree with me that that thing that happened was racist, then that could also mean that at some point you were racist. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. Mm-hmm. So true. For sure. So true. But it's okay to evolve. And this is the thing. It's okay. We've all had messed up ideas about certain things. It's okay to admit and say, I'm, I've, I've educated myself. I now understand where my privilege lies. And I understand. Do you get what I mean? There's nothing wrong because we're not all perfect. We were brought up in societies that have these ideologies and these mindsets. It's okay. Like, but don't just stay there. Like, don't stay there. It's okay yeah. to evolve. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, another comment um, that came through about that particular conversation was, yo, I'm cringing, <laughs> not you're different. So I believe <laughs> Luke, in his attempt to comfort V, was saying, no, 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 but look, you're different. You're all these wonderful things. Um, someone said, you're different it doesn't help because at the same time, he's denying this whole other big part of V that's a race, racism and society. And then someone else also said, Luke, then choosing that moment to say, I love you. It feels so gaslighty. It's like, okay, great. You love me. But that doesn't address the fact that I just experienced some hurtful racist behavior. Do you think he was sincere, though? Or does his sincerity not even matter in this case? You know what? I think he wanted to divert the conversation because it was yes. too it was too sticky. Yes. So people then say the stupidest things, remembering that this guy is a boy, and sometimes men just say the stupid <laughs> shit to try get you out of your thinking because they know women are overthinkers. I just feel like he was just trying to like make light. It was horrible how he did it, but I feel like he was just like, ah, oh, let me make her think of this, but like it just didn't work. It bombed. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't check the temperature, and he like definitely deflecting or trying to like you know move around the situation because he obviously had never experienced what had happened, and so he just oh my gosh, let me just do this. But yeah, horrible timing. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Shame, guys. He was trying. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> and then um, this this opinion was I thought was really good to add to this conversation was V should not take out her frustrations on Luke. That comment made me think, is it fair to expect Luke to get it? 
given his background? Okay, she just gone through a frustrating, traumatic experience. You want her to be like, let me not like express how I feel. I think it is natural. It's not maybe an excuse to lash out. I don't think she lashed out at Luke. Honestly, she was just expressing herself. So uh, I think it's normal to kind of express your frustration. I think a subsequent conversation can happen where you explain these, you know, these issues. But in that moment, you, you've just been through the most. You've been, you're just like, everyone's looking at you. Because you know, in those situations prior to boarding, right? Everyone's like looking at you like, we want to get on. And it's just like, why is this person, like, is she trying to escape prison? I don't know. So all of that is playing on your mind. You're not going to be like, this is not the time. Or I'm not going to put up my frustration. You're frustrated, right? And who do you have to talk about your frustration? That air hostess, whoever, that chick was not listening to her. She mm. wouldn't listen to her when she was trying to explain that, no, it was only when Luke came and said, she's with me, I, you know, that she actually listened. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to let out my frustration on the person who's right there with me. Yeah. yeah. We need to shake off the nice girl persona. Like, mm. then, then there's moments that are pivotal in relationships, pivotal, you know, that you have to show your person, this is a serious issue for me. If she had just laughed it off, then that would have also set the tone that any other racial thing that happens, ah, it's not a big deal. You know, so mm. I, I feel like she also said it that this is something that matters to her and obviously will matter in their relationship. Then Luke can then decide, hey, do I want to put up with this or, you know, keep in mind and find something, yeah, something quote unquote easier. So I think it was a, it wasn't really like letting out frustrations at him per se but just at the whole situation it's annoying and when you're annoyed you need to let it be known why be a nice girl for what like... <laughs> nice girl for what <laughs> it's funny <laughs> so we also ran into some cultural expectations or mismatched expectations there was a, there was a lot going on <laughs> in episode six as well. So uh, one listener said, I hope V is able to find herself more in season two. Parents are important and so are family values and culture. But we are burying ourselves so much in this identity of tradition and limiting mm. living our best lives. Oh, OK. That, Preach. That, <laughs> but how, how do we live our lives fully? And still maintain our cultural values. Is is cultural preservation even important? You know what? This is so because now we don't live where our culture is is predominantly. Like for a lot of people, they don't live where, like for us, for example, we'd all of us live out of Zimbabwe. And if our culture is there, it almost feels like you live a double life. You know, what you do in Zim might not be what you do wherever you're based. So it's like how do you always maintain, okay, people at home will be happy, but I'm home, I'm also here and I'm happy. Like, you're never going to be able to please two masters. At some point, in every single situation, you're going to have to make a choice for you or for family. And unfortunately, they don't always align. Because at some point, I'm also like, well, Luke's parents have met V, they like her, or whatever, I'm assuming they like her. But then it's also a bit unfair for Luke to get married to someone and never met the parents. It's kind of like, do they really know you? Um, do you know your son-in-law? When something happens, how can you advise this couple when you don't know him? So it's a bit of a... We also, within our culture, also have a bit of like a double standard. This doesn't work. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of disconnect between what we think today and what our parents think from when they got married. Mm. Totally. And I definitely had that experience. The meet the parents uh, thing was a big, <laughs> uh, a big hurdle. Um, that we had kind of worked through because 
you know, my partner was so excited for me to talk to his parents, meet his parents, his sister and her family and all that. And then it's like, okay, so when am I meeting your parents or talking to your parents? And I'm like, okay, well, let's wait a couple of months. And he's like, months? Like, what is this, you know? <laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, it's not so easy. And I think for, for the, the, the sort of soft landing for me was my sister had come to visit. So he got to meet my sister. And then my sister managed to talk to my parents that, oh, you know, I've met him. He's a great guy. And then we were able to have the phone call. But the cultural thing is a minefield to navigate and still trying to figure it all out. It's, I don't think it's, it's something you can do overnight. Yeah. <laughs> but don't you think it's weird, though? And I felt when Luke said, but Taff has met your parents. So see, this is the thing. <laughs> you've just told this guy. You've just told this guy, look. They ain't no meeting parents. We don't do that. And but then, it's different. Then Taff straps up. Me, I got the parents. I'm sending them things home. Blah, blah, blah. Ah, put, your like, put yourself in Luke's shoes. If I was in a new relationship with a guy and some girl who's the friend is all chum chum with the family and you're told, nah. You would be like, um, but it's different. <laughs> but guys, guys, though. But you know, you'd be in your feels about that. But you know, play cousins, guys. So it's like, <laughs> play guys, in no blood guys, relation, guys. Guys. Yeah, in no blood. And we saw end of episode six. Luke was onto something. In yeah. no blood relation. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what? I think it's a double standard as well because, like, if you've grown up with the person or they know them from church or down the road. It's like you can sneak in, you know, but if they don't know you, then it's a whole big no-no, no meeting. So still on this issue of cultural expectations. So we also saw Mati um, dealing with her own issues, her new role as a wife and new expectations put on her that come with that. <laughs> Rumbi, you're putting up your hand? <laughs> <laughs> yes, because I felt it when she's like, when they went to Zim. And Tonde didn't lift a finger. Mm -hmm. That switch up, the switch up. Okay, all of a sudden, what your fam is, expects or, you know, it's like takes precedence. And it's not saying, like, we understand the Zoom culture, like, there's certain things, like, typically the girls are going to be in the kitchen. Like, we get that. But help me, Ka, just a little. Like, don't now act like this is, you know, you're the king of the castle and don't do jack. I don't know how to explain it. Like, that hurts. And also now where he's trying to help her to have babies when they had the discussion about her career. Like, that that kind of, like, who are you? Why are you switching? The switch up. For me, it yeah. was the switch yeah. up. I was, like, totally yeah. my way. Yeah. Because it was bringing those no-doing chores from Zim, which we get because it's a patriarchal system. But yeah. trying to bring them back home. Like, he now wasn't cooking. He now wasn't wherever they yeah. live. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like... I don't understand. There's something that happens at Rora where boys go through this metamorphosis <laughs> that we don't see. You know, they say, they say chicks become bridezillas when they're wedding. But I think dudes, ah, something changes, like, actually chemically. <laughs> really, they swap on you. They swap on you. That metamorphosis, we're going to, ah, this is why you need to have life partners. No such thing as Rora. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. This came in as a request. Um, can we please have a Luke roasting session? I've been waiting to do so since episode one. He's a whole doctor, but he's moving mad. We also had another comment here. Luke is a bit of a fuckboy, though, even though he claims to love V. Um, but, you know, there were some, yeah, there were definitely a, a lot of Luke haters, but equally, 
there were some people who were pro Luke. And one comment here was, uh, Taff must not bore us with this whole him being in love with V. You had your chance and you friend zoned her. Now sit down and give Luke a chance. <laughs> sit your ass down. Taff must not come and bore us. That comment is the one. But Luke, Mr. Five Cars, can we get the five cars explained? Because where does he keep them? Where does he keep them five cars? Parking garage. Which apartment has five car parking spaces? I we need to know. <laughs> Something's happening there. Something's Explain happening there. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but people were very like <laughs> technical about mm-hmm. the cars. Five cars. Mm-hmm. Five cars. I was like, why do you need question, five? question, <laughs> question mark there? Because mm-hmm. you can be a doctor and all, but uh, five cars. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so before I, I ask... I ask, why do people want to hate on Luke? Like, why was there Thank like you. a huge... Thank you. Like, Thank you. Okay. Yes. I want to understand. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I'm like, I get that. I get the five cars, yes. The state of the apartment, yes. Yes, he had some... Like, when he ghosted, of course, it's like, why are you ghosting, though? But ghosting happens. But, like, why do people feel the need to hate on Luke? That's my question. I don't have the answer, but that was my question. That's it. Do you yeah. are you team Luke or are you team Luke? Are you team Taff? Or hey, do you me. abstain? I'm team V. <laughs> okay, I I'm like that one. I'm team <laughs> like for her to live her best, like what serves her, what's gonna make her happiest, what's gonna like I'm I'm team V at the end of the day. I think it's so easy to wanna be like, you know, team Luke, team Taff, whatever. But honestly, because Luke is no angel, don't get me wrong. But it's just like, which what's serving you at that moment in your life? Who's bringing you the joy, the happiness? I like that answer. And Amanda, you abstain. I abstain. <laughs> I abstain. All of them. They're too much. Too much for me. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm not really team tough, though, if I have to choose. Because, Tough be sabotaging. Tough ca- That is I, it. I see you, tough. I see you. Because, first of all, at the, the like African uh, club night, He's been mm. whispering about Rora. He be to a dude you just met, like that's sabotage. And didn't tell V. And didn't tell, tell V. You you're scaring the guy because imagine someone like just approaching and going, oh, do you know you have to pay cows? Oh, do you know you have to do? It's it's like confronting. You're like, oh, back up. Mm. I, I'm just you know I've just come to this thing. I'm trying to meet her friends. I just find them sneaky, very sneaky. Mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like that. <laughs> I wanted to ask like your thoughts, the conversation they had with. Taff, Mati, and V around black guys checking for white girls, and then Taff, res- Taff responding saying that black girls take it easier on white guys, and but make it harder for black guys in terms of like in being macked on. With, that was yeah. a very, it's a very intricate thing, but I, I thought there was something there. Do you think it's true? Of, I think to some extent it is true. And I think on both sides, I think it's Both valid. sides. I, I was about to say both sides. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, if you're black, you understand the issues of colorism. And this kind of like, I made it, I was able to attain this, you know, person who is of another race or whatever. And having this, you know, white girl on my arm or, you know, light-skinned girl on my arm. I understand that because, A, you know, colonialism and all that imperialism and all that. And, and I get that. On the flip side, I think it's true because I think black girls understand with black guys, the streets will talk, A, oh, she's loose, she, she gives it up. 
be it's hard to decipher the intentions it's difficult to you know what i mean it's like okay am i the only one am i one of five or like there's so <laughs> many team team am i a starter am i yeah. <laughs> yes exactly exactly which cost the mind you know and it's, it's so difficult to truly understand because dating is so layered <laughs> Um, in the black community, I think there's so many things. There's cultural, there's, you know, expectations, there's, you know, then you also have classism playing a thing there. So it's hard to be completely vulnerable and open from the jump with uh, a black partner. Whereas someone who is from another culture, it's like they don't understand those nuances and intricacies. That's how I see it. But I think there was de- there were definitely valid points on both fronts. Like it is something that does yeah does exist. So was there anything else that you wanted to add? Guys, Rora, why is Luke tensing? <laughs> <laughs> Especially as a trust fund baby, Kusanyima. Like, why is he being stingy? <laughs> like, seriously. But then he bought like... a power called V. He bought a power called That was now just corny ass shit for me. I was like, finished. I'm not buying that. <laughs> I was finished. I was like, what? You gonna buy a cow? Mm. Oh, yeah. this is me. I was like, like yeah. I don't want a cow named after me. Sorry. Yeah, no. No Shame, boo. guys. He's trying. Like, I just feel like that whole, even going through a phone, which is a huge no-no for me. No, no. Like, and then saying, oh, you send money home, so somehow this is about money. It's like, I just found, like, his whole perception Uh. of that was so wrong. But, like, put yourself in his shoes, right? So he's been experiencing a lot of rejection from V. Like, he constantly tells her, I love you. She doesn't say it back, right? He asked her to move in. She's like, nope. He wants to meet her parents. She's like, nope. So you can imagine like he is over time. He's, you know, he's getting all these little punctures. I get that. I get that kick. But it does not justify you going through my phone and then assuming that it's about money. Like, uh, and that was a low blow. You don't understand what it means to be living away from home and having to support someone from home. Like you don't get that. Yes, maybe V should have, you know, said something about how she supports her family. Um, but that's her choice in her time. It's her money. She's not asking Luke for his money to send that home. It's, yeah. it's, it's sensitive. It's sensitive. So you said she should have told him about supporting her parents. When is the right time to talk about money? She doesn't have to. Like, she chooses, like, at the point where she feels like she needs to. But it's like... Going through the phone. <laughs> the phone was the problem. And also, you checked when he came and told about the, 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 the cow situation, the Rora. came too soon. So she didn't have her own time to explain the cultural thing. So you see now this cow. Yes, this wife, tough sabotaged. Keeps coming in, you know, because maybe she would have led with the, you know, our culture is a little different. In our culture, we support our parents. In our culture, when we get married, it's a little different when it's time. But now because he got information too soon without having the conversation, it's now just a hot topic, hot topic. It's just coming in. So, like, I think, you know, the right time is when you start talking about finances in your relationship. He hadn't revealed that I'm a trust fund baby until she kind of was like, uh, why so many cars, buddy? Or how can you afford this birthday trip? Like, 
yeah. So even he wasn't you know, upfront with money. Exactly. Money, money, money. I've yeah. noticed with couples that some people leave the money talk until way, like when yeah, they're about to get married. And I'm married. like, how? How have you not right? talked about money? Right. <laughs> yeah, because it is a sensitive thing. I, I think sometimes as diasporans, like when you are supporting family, sometimes, you know, that can come with shame, you know, feeling of embarrassment that, mm-hmm. you know, your your country is not where it needs to be. And maybe you don't want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be seen as less than because we're proud people, like yeah. really by nature, we're proud people. So it's like to then have people think, oh, you poor African or just driving that rhetoric. It's just the worst thing, especially if you're with someone who is comfortable or whose parents splash on money on you, then you know it will never be reciprocated. It's kind of like, how, you know, what do you do? So I'm sure for V, it will come a time when she's like, well, I'm busy supporting and here your parents buying you five cars or whatever it is. It's, yes. it's weird. It's a weird dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we do have to leave it there. Obviously, there's so many more other things that we could have talked about, but, you know, this is not about to be a three-hour podcast. So (laughs) 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 So I hope that people will continue to have these conversations in private. But, uh, yeah, before you jump off, Amanda and Rumbi, do you want to drop your socials? Um, Yeah, so it's layered is on all the podcast streaming platforms. Um, We are on Instagram. It's layered, um, but we're so thankful to Kix for having us over at Private Affairs. It's been so much yes. fun listening and just doing this after show episode. What a season, Kix. You have to give yourself your flow- own flowers because you did an amazing job. Like, we were, <laughs> uh, we, were, we were so hyped. We were so excited to hear it. And then when you finally did, what a labor of love, of talent. Shout out to all your actors. You guys all did an amazing job. We're here Phenomenal. for it. Season mm. two. Right. Uh, yeah, we need to be doing the donations, getting the word out there, sharing. And mm. yeah, we really, really are loving it. So keep going. Thank you. Remember when I woke up from surgery and I was like, what about the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> girl, girl. Well, all was worth it. It was worth it. Hi, it's Christine here with a quick message. If you've been enjoying Private Affairs, please consider contributing towards Season 2 by donating any amount you can at privateaffairspod.com or by purchasing merch also available at privateaffairspod.com. Thank you for supporting The Road to Season 2. Now back to the show. Thank you so much to Rumbi and Amanda for coming through with such great commentary. Make sure to check them out. It's Layered Podcast. Okay, before we get to the blooper reel, I have a couple of people I would like to thank. Starting off with a massive, massive thank you to the talented cast of season one. That's Ratizu Mambo who played V, Ron Kurtz as Luke, Tsungirai Wachunika as Mati, Taff and Holly Phillips as airline agent and news reporter. Big up to incredible sound designer, mix engineer, composer, Jerry Agbenya, and to the incredible illustrator, Manya Da, for our cover art. Also check out the featured artists of season one, that's Tenderness and Ijale. I've put together a small playlist that you can listen to some of my favorite songs by them. The link is in the show notes. Thank you to Nicole Kelly, Soma, Izzy or Roberts for script reading, Ethi for social media posts, Owen McKern and Lucy Cutting for letters of support, and Chido Mwet, my sister, for coming up with the idea to adapt my blog into a podcast. 
This project was supported by the Victorian government through Creative Victoria. Thank you so much for the support. I'd also like to thank media and industry people who have also helped to share this podcast. Starting off with Tinto, Tinto at the Feeling Station podcast, as well as Dan and Phil of Two Brook Twimbos. Thank you so much for going above and beyond. And also thank you to the Truth Fiction podcast, Lee at uh, Passive Wolfers, uh, AMBC Podcasts, Audio Dramatic, The Pin, Ascension Magazine, Urban List, Podmunity, and Tom. Also, thank you so much to people who have contributed towards Season 2. That's Raj, Tino, Mutsa, Soma, Tendai, Luke, and Carolyn. If you'd like to support, you can donate securely at privateaffairspod.com slash donate. And of course, a big thank you to you for listening. And uh, there are a couple of people I'd like to give shout outs to who have been active on my timeline. Big up to Tintin, Master of Coin, Taffy Bula, Amy the First, Ari Shop, Kefi, Penelope Coppella, Mamja the Girl, Anita, Zave, Angela, Sparkles, Michelle, Priscilla, T. Samkele, Drew, New Grad Podcast, Ruru, Charity, Tap, Marella, Clarissa, Rufaro, Ryan, The Holiday Crew, The Cool Homies, and My Babes. Also, thank you to everyone who has submitted a review and rated us. Today's episode was edited, mixed, and produced by me, Christine DJ Kicks Moturuda, with original music composed by Jerry Agbinga. Now, the moment you've been waiting for, here's the blooper reel. Thank you. Peace. Our top story tonight, Melbing, Melbings. Well, I don't know where that is. <laughs> okay. Oh, hi, beautiful. Sorry, my contacts didn't. I'm going to do that again because I heard your fucking slurp. I did a slurp. Because <laughs> I was like, okay. I love how you slurp quietly into the microphone. <laughs> oh, hi. Beautiful. Good night, beautiful. Kissy face. Okay. Is that too creepy, the end? <laughs> As I put my zip ties away. Is it too creepy? Okay, sorry. Let's try that. <laughs> I don't know. It was good. It just the tap sounds a little out of shape. You know? I know. But but I am. Those are the facts. Because <laughs> the thing is like I think, wait. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> we have just like I think I think okay, because that sounds like we need to just clarify with this one. Just the reason being is like I think yeah, you're, you're standing okay. there, mate. You're standing yeah. there. Hold, you're not even working out. <laughs> Cause, cause All we, you're doing is standing there holding a bag. It's like. <laughs> Because you know what? I honestly yeah. think, like, for me, what I, what I don't think, like, he's, like, th- that, like, outdoor fitness type of dude. You know what he I mean? He is, like, though. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's he's all about, like, you know, he he, he, he loves designer bags. Well, not bags, but designer belts. Gucci, Louis, Chi, Chi, Chi. He takes care I, of his body. I get that. He's, he seems like a weights guy as opposed to a cardio type. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, so he wants to fit nice in the shirt. Like, looks good and tight. Yeah, Shonda Rhimes. She was like, let, let's just let him get it out. <laughs> I, I literally just, I was like, let's just let him get it out. Yeah. So, so, talk to him. I'm going to say, 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 I'm going to and the director and Pongoida down. No, it's a hands up or it's a hands up.
Is that the Tsungi niggas? You're gonna you're gonna be having nightmares over the word Tsungi niggas. boys. When I'm like seventy, I'll nail it and be like, I did it. You'd be like, you'd be like niggas. Oh, man. Was that it's, it? It's so, it, you know, like, page 19. So on page scene 120. 12. Oh, 120. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 121. Yes. Oh, oh, last page. Whoa, that's, yeah. that's right. Guys, this is the last page. Okay, someone could have just said that, eh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that was me. That was Luke. N- nah, niggas. <laughs> trying to be all technical. <laughs> All page, page, all page, all page, all page. So hungry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about this scene. Um, and what? <laughs> I just love how we dealt with here. that. By the way, <laughs> hungry. <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Let's do it this Swiftly scene. moving on. Jeez. <laughs> Hearing it from you, Christine. It's like, can you just say sexy bitch a little bit harder? Thanks, Ron. No, come, All right, let's come, go back and Come it. in a little bit harder. <laughs> just, just without any context, it just sounds so professional. Like, hi, word sexy bitch. Um, would it be possible? Just come a little bit harder on that. Just a little bit harder. Thanks, Ryan. <clears throat> from the top. End of show. The end. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 